guys, in a continuation to teach you tactics through my actions, uh, during Agent 2021, I kind of went into detail about what I did with the Twitter takeover that you might have saw for me a couple weeks ago where my team took over my account. I, I think that there's a smart way to use other people to help you with your social media. Uh, and if you're very thoughtful, I think you'll pick up on that nuance here. Hope you enjoy this. Uh, I think this should bring a lot of value for people that are a little bit more advanced. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Uh, first of all, I, I just want to thank all of you uh, for being here today one more time. Uh, how did it go? Awesome. Great. So um, really what I want to do is just set up a, a little bit of a framework of a recap of everything I've kind of sensed over the last two days. Uh, there are mic stands um, in four places throughout. There are two, uh, for everybody up there in the bleachers, there's right there. So I really want to go into Q&A and maximize our time together. Um, but, but what I really wanna talk about before I go into that is, in the macro, I genuinely believe that this is the greatest era to be navigating in the human race. I just actually believe that. I, I believe that we've made so many advances, but most of all, everybody that's here today has the luxury of being alive during the prime years of the internet, which is the disproportionate invention in the human race. We are now, you know, the internet was awesome in 1996, but it wasn't at the scale that it is today. And the opportunities are ludicrous. And for all the disruption that's happening in all four of these categories that so many of you are in, with all the innovations of the companies that have the leverage with referral fees and things of that nature, you too could take the power of that platform and you could have the relationship with the end consumer if you chose to. And that's just not how it used to be. It used to be too expensive to do that. It was expensive to build 50 offices. It was expensive to give Walmart you know, millions of dollars to put your product on the shelf. This is the moment. This is really the moment. And a lot of my passion and the reason I've gotten so loud, especially over the last two or three or four years, is predicated that I just know this is the moment. I know when you have the best hand, you need to go all in. And the fact that you are even at this event, know about me and or this space or this movement is a, is a fundamental advantage. There are millions and millions and tens of millions of agents and dealers and, and companies and people that look like you for a living that haven't even begun the process of accepting the realities of the technology advances in our society. So it would make me super fucking happy if everybody clapped it up for each other. Let's do that again, because that was some tennis shit. <laughs> the content is the variable of success. We have an incredible team and I've heard unbelievable accolades of the presentations around media and things of that nature. We, other people for free, you know, you can figure out how to get in front of people. You know, pre-roll YouTube ads for what you do for a living is something you can look up with a Google search and pretty much get on your way, right? It's the creative that you put in front of people that is contextual to the mindset, the culture, the target, 
if, if anything, I hope that everybody leaves this year. So many people came back this year from last year, talked about they started their podcast, they went more, just an enormous amount of success and beginnings of success throughout this entire day for me. But there's a part of me that really wants to put pressure before we go into Q&A. And I'd like you guys to start lining up if you got questions. Let's start doing that because I want to get into it. Um, there's an enormous amount of passion I have for people to get excited about producing a lot more content. And when I mean a lot more, something that I got to say to a couple breakout sessions, one of the reasons I had my team do a fake takeover of my Twitter account the other day was I wanted to find a creative way to figure out if I could post 100 tweets a day. 100. And to be very honest with you, that was just a precursor to me to figure out if I can do 500 or 1,000. The, the sheer volume of content that I think will be the differentiator of the mature understanding of this social and digital web is gonna be the differentiator. You're not gonna be able to continue to just beat your competitors by knowing to run Facebook ads. People will catch up over the next two or three years. So I'm already starting with the thesis that's gonna help you compete, which is your ability to somehow figure out how to make 500 or 1,000 pieces a month instead of three. There's a lot of you on your first try on Facebook ads with one piece of content converted. It's that underpriced, it's that remarkable that you were able to win when you didn't know what the fuck you were doing. So, this is a really important time and I'd love to get into some very specific questions, so let's do it. So, go ahead my friend. I'm a little nervous here. Um, Don't worry. Cool. Um, first of all, as a Miamian, I think it's really cool that you're here and you know, welcome to the city. I think you're, you're a guy that understands the relevance of um, hubs that affect culture and Miami really is affecting the Latin American American, North American nexus of culture, which is a big growing thing, I and I think it's awesome that you're in on that. Um, and my, my question is, man, you're, you're winning in like one of the loudest spaces um, that's the most wide open tournament for anybody to compete in. And I think one of your big differentiators when I listen to you, man, that, that I really like is that your end goal is to build an empire of honey. Yes. You're a context guy, right? Have you looked around? Is there... Has anybody else... Who's the closest that's come to building an empire of honey? And what stops... How are you, you know, like, what, did, what are the obstacles that are coming to come out of that? It sounds like such common sense. Like, what, what do you foresee as an obstacle in accomplishing that? So I think there's probably tons of big businesses that run by nice people. Like, them, Warren Buffett sounds nice. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty. The, the truth to your question is, I have no idea. The amount of time I've ever spent looking at other people, that's not, and by the way, I think it's a good thing for people that learn that way. I love when people go to another company, spend a week. We do four Ds for that reason. There's a lot of people that learn that way. But there's a reason that I got Ds and Fs. I have a different style of learning. And it's not gonna be looking at, oh, Nestle did that, or in the early days of Johnson & Johnson, or like, that's not how I roll. The things that, the consequences that come along with running a business, or what makes it hard, is when you create a nice culture, entitlement takes over. It's hard to motivate when you're feeding everybody and taking on all the stress. You know, so there's, a, there's always ramifications to a style, but at the end of the day, for all of you that are looking to build something, if you're not happy and it's your thing, you need to reset. Somebody told me yesterday in 4Ds that they fired every one of their employees, which I thought was fucking amazing and like super self-aware. Like, you know, the end. So I, I think that 
there's a lot of ways to do this, but I just don't understand how to do it in a way that wouldn't make you happy. I hate conflict and ne- negativity, so why would I build a company where that is rampant? There's no amount of money that can close the gap on that feeling for me. The end, so that's it. Thanks for it. everything. You got it, brother. Go ahead. Stranger, it's been a while. It's no good more to see oysters you. for you. I'm out of that game. I, I get it. All right, so I'm, I'm going to kind of go out in left field a little bit based off of something that you led with earlier today. Okay. As an independent real estate broker, and I've changed the brand name, and we're officially Dean Miller Real Estate. To go yep. on, if it's good enough for J.P. Morgan and Charles Schwab, why not me? I get it. So my, got, my got question. got the looks. What's that? Got the looks, baby. I got to lose another 30 pounds. You Maybe we'll see. I'm going to shave this off, too. I appreciate it. I trust it. you. All those oysters I, I trust you. I get it. <laughs> All right, so here's my question. As a broker... What should we be doing to attract agents to come to our organization? And what do you think we should be doing to add value to those agents? I mean, it's a very easy trade. You know, brokers need to bring value. Agents have different things that they value. Some agent literally might switch tomorrow because you took the commission from 30 to 29. That was the value. They wanted the one point back. Somebody else might just like you because you're nicer and the brokerage that they work has got negativity in it. Somebody else wants you to help them build their personal brand because you got a little bit of a leg up and you do videos. To me, it's just reverse engineering what people value. Where do you see where the minds are going of the people? Personal that brand. That's it. I, there's nothing else. Like the internet's gonna get the leads. Everybody hates their brokerage right now because the value changed over the last 20 years personal brand because it's the only thing you're gonna have. You know, I've said a couple times and people react, it's genuinely why I think if we ever started a Vayner brokerage, we'd win. Because it's the only thing that's valuable. I'd I'd work on less commission, how much commission you taking? How much? Yeah. Good, I would do 16. Now I've already got a financial leg up on you and then I'm gonna say I'm gonna build a person's brand. I'm gonna win. See you soon. I do. Hey Gary, uh, Jesse Lasseter here from Bayfield, Colorado. Uh, question for you about Agent 2021. Earlier you mentioned that last year kind of getting flack. People were saying it's kind of a hodgepodge of uh, in, uh, sorry, industries. And, and honestly, as I said earlier, it wasn't flack. People were just like, why'd you make a conference with travel? And it, like, how'd you come up with that? And I didn't really answer it last year and I'm alluding to it a little more this year, which is, These are industries that I think are disproportionately gonna get disrupted by people that did a good job by getting in the middle of everybody by building great big companies on top of Google that got all the leads and now siphoned it all out because everybody here is in short-term sales DNA. And to piggyback off what the gentleman was just talking about, um, so is that the end game for VaynerX to create brokerage business? No. (laughs) But I might. I also might start a bubblegum brand. <laughs> or buy a soccer team. I don't, I don't know, but, I, but when I see things going on, I lean in, and some things manifest, and some things don't. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, one quick question. What are you and The Rock up to? What's that, me and The Rock? You mean, oh, oh, that. Absolutely nothing. That was the Throwback Thursday video from two years ago. So, not much. 
Hey, Gary. Uh, Leo Gonzalez here from Orlando and Accurate Mortgage. Just wanted to say, first things first, thank you for hosting us all here. And thank obviously you. all the content that you put out really is mean, changing my life and I'm sure other people here as well. Thank you. Um, just kind of want to go on a macro level, not really anything specific and like, you know, industry related, just more of like leadership style. Okay. Um, how do you deal on a personal and as a managerial level with emotional and, you know, work distress? Uh, like, you know, maybe helping your employees compartmentalize. Like myself, I, I can do it pretty well. I can put out fires kind of like how you yeah um you know pointed out yeah. with relative ease but how do you as a, like a leader pretty much you know help other your employees compartmentalize that communication okay. right like there's a lot of employees who you know i create infrastructure it's why it was very important for me to build up claude and the hr department and chief heart officer there's i lean into leaders that have been around vayner for a while that build up equity by just being in the company for a while so i don't i don't get my hands into things where i don't need to get my hands into caring, just being updated when things are going on with people. So I stay very close to HR that way. If things are going on in people's personal lives or if there's conflicts with inner department or people of that nature, I think it ultimately just comes down to over-communicating. When I get the chance to do it one-on-one, it's always rooted in insecurity. People are just insecure. And then, you know, if I get the luxury of really getting to know them, you try to figure out why. And if they can figure out why, you can start building towards the resolution. But it's just, it's caring, right? Yeah, no. I mean, it's just caring to speak to them about that. And one of the things is candor. You know, I talk about radical candor not being a strength of mine at, at one point at Vayner, but in hindsight, there was a lot of candor. Like, in, in, its, in its detail, I was very comfortable over-communicating why I thought they were acting that way because they were scared they were gonna get fired. People, 90% of people navigate through fe- with fear as the lead. You know, but besides like communicating, you know, trying to communicate as much as possible, is there anything else you would suggest to kind of break through that wall? Maybe like new employee or an employee who maybe doesn't feel comfortable sharing things. You you try to create multiple things. It can't just be come to me. I have an yeah. open door policy. Nobody comes. Right? Then you force it. Then you do group dinners. Then you really invest in the people that are cultural monsters within your organization. Right? There are many people at Vayner over the last decade that are the reason it worked because they were great at HR and somebody would trust them but not me, right? So it's just creating a culture where you're eliminating fear. Makes sense. And firing shitheads. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Perfect. Thank you. You got, you got it, brother. Hi. Hi, Gary. So you talk a lot about like creating content and attention is the asset. And yes. as agents, we are constantly putting out fires, as that gentleman over there said, and like we have inspections to go to and um, contracts to negotiate and all these different things that are working on our business. And I what know you, that- What are you doing with the other 16 hours? Right, so how, how do you prioritize creating content and creating that, you know, videos and social stuff when a lot of the, the time is taken up by like clients and Makes sense. inspections and things like that. First things first, which is what's your ambition, right? For a lot of people here, they don't have to, right? In the essence, like to me it comes down to how many hours do you work and what are you doing within those hours mm-hmm. and how much money do you want to take home? If you're doing really well and you want content, you could hire somebody to film you and post-produce, you mm-hmm. could. Right? Mm-hmm. If your ambition is enormous, you could work an extra hour. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is just about resources of money and time mapped against your ambition. There's no, I can't. Mm-hmm. Of course you can. Every single person here 
wastes an hour every day on dumb shit, including myself. Including myself. Of course. So stop doing dumb shit. <laughs> right? But, the, right. but it, start, it starts with the self-awareness that that's the case. Yeah, yeah. And then it depends on how ambitious you are. If you're buying into my model, you're running a marathon. I'm talking mm-hmm. about branding mm-hmm. and long-term wealth creation. I'm not talking about short-term sales arbitrage. Right, right. So people pick short-term. Mm-hmm. They want to buy a Lambo. Right. They want to go on a better vacation this year. That's why they don't do it. Which ultimately in this industry and the four here will lead to the demise because the only thing left is going to be your personal brand. I should have known that was gonna be your answer, but <laughs> I just figured maybe, I don't know. Sometimes you have to hear it. Yeah. Like, there's so many things that... Because that's, like, that's such a typical answer for, like, across the board. Because it's the but answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I don't know why I didn't think of it. Like, like, my favorite thing on my social is when somebody on an Instagram post, because I read them, right? And they're like, hey, Gary Vee, you know what? Unsubscribe, I'm done with you. You say the same shit over and over. I'm like, would you like me to make up shit I don't believe yeah. in? Yeah. just to mix it up. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very true, but the question is, what, what less people talk about is ambition. You know, when I talk about work-life balance, I talk about happiness and ambition. There is no right work-life balance. If you, if you like, like what? Like, everyone's living a different life. Like, if you love what you do, it's your hobby. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was seven, or eight, or nine, or 10, when it snowed, I wanted to shovel people's yards, not build a snowman. It's in my DNA, it's what I like. Mm-hmm. So when you love it, the hell are you supposed to do? Not do it? But you have to know what you're up to. My biggest problem is people's mouths don't map their yeah. actions. Yeah. They're gonna build a huge fucking brokerage, but they can't find that hour because they have to watch the English Premier League. Yeah. Cool, thanks Gary. You're welcome. Thank you Gary for putting this on and uh, thanks again for the advice you gave us last year, it helped. Quadruple yeah, can you tell everybody just four seconds of it? Because it's so real. Because I remember sitting in that. We, we had a mix up as a, as a post game to a keynote. And so we met at an airport hotel. We had condensed time. And I just, you know, it was funny. I was telling you and your wife yesterday, like, I knew you were going to do it. It's just in that short period of time, that kind of financial impact excites me. So just for the benefit of everybody to inspire them, not hearing it from me, hearing it from somebody who did it. Sure. So my wife, who's sitting over there, Carrie Scholl, we run a uh, real estate team in Northern Virginia, D.C., Maryland area, and we were already number one in that area. We met with you. The time was condensed, but you were very flexible and uh, you know made it happen despite the mix-up, which I think was a third party, not anybody That's right. uh, with you. And uh, we got about 45 minutes, and you know you really dove into what exactly we needed to put out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, all of that, and it was, it was pretty simple. I mean, you could boil it down to just be the digital mayor of your town. Be Which, the- by the way, you know, I think I did it first at like an Inman talk in 2009 was when I came up with it, improv on stage. I was like, just be the fucking mayor. I'm still obsessed with somebody here filling up the pothole on Main Street and filming it and making the whole town love them. Yeah, that was the example you gave us. I want that one. So we went out and did a whole bunch of series just going to restaurants, bars, uh, neighborhoods, and and filming like a two-minute highlight reel of what that bar was about, what that restaurant was about, and then promoting it on a local blog that was paid, uh, you know, running Facebook ads to that area. And 
you know, all of a sudden people were. It didn't work for about a month or two, but then all of a sudden people were like, "And by the way, shit, the I'm seeing of you everywhere." Bail at that month or two part is a lot, because this, these industries, why I'm attacking it, are sales driven, and so all the other voices are like, "Whoa, that's bullshit." He, you spent a thousand, we didn't get a sale. Go back to cold calling, tried and true. Yeah, so all of a sudden people were like. We see you everywhere, 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 and like, well, we really, we, we cut out direct mail. We went from like 15,000 a month in direct mail to zero overnight, and put it all into Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and it, it took about two and a half, three months, and then we exploded. Normally in December, we would do about 20 deals for 12 million, and we ended up around 86 deals for 52 million in one month. So my question Please. is, and, and thank you for that, but my, my question is, how do, how do we scale it and make it even bigger? And more. how do you, and when you, more. and when you're doing that, how do you balance the need to just put out a fuck ton more, but still be authentic to your voice and, and true to your brand? Because that's a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff to look. Because I, I imagine for you, like you've probably got 15, 16, 20 people just working on your personal brand, like how do you yeah, but make sure the they're putting out stuff that matches your voice and, and what you want? Because I post everything and write all the copy. Guys, I post every single Instagram post and every tweet. It's me. I write the copy. They, like when Caleb was filming me today, there's even things I've said where I give him a look so he can remember to cut out that part. Otherwise they watch and look for the good stuff. Then it goes into a text chain with 20 people. I approve if I like it. Sometimes I like the title they put at the top. Sometimes I don't, I change it. Then I take it. There's, there's a reason there's only one post today. We've been busy here. <laughs> it's authentic because it's authentic. How do, you, how do you avoid you being the, uh, the speed bump then? To, you can't to... outsource a personal brand. It's a personal brand. I don't. I'm just working harder than you. So how much, how much time a day are you putting in just Today, to writing, editing? Less. Well, in a normal day. When I go take a poop. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a reason why a post always comes in for you guys on Instagram around 8.50. To like, <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm already, I'm, it's because a really good time for me. And you know, it's fun to have my, it's honestly, and this is about life, like honestly, it's fun to have my parents here. I've started speaking less to my mom in the last year and a half because I need that five minutes to get that one post out. And that doesn't make me happy, by the way. That's just the truth to your answer. The reason you'll see so much from me at 8.50 to nine is that's that little window I'm in the car right before I get into the office where I can sneak one in. And I also know that you guys are starting to get to your day. Then you're gonna get something somewhere around noon one. I don't eat lunch, but like, it's consciously hitting me like, fuck, I need to like think about getting another one out in the next four hours. But like, it's, it's random, but like, but it's the most valuable thing. Guys, everyone's like, when do I do this when I have to do my real job? I'm like, your fucking real job's bullshit. This is the game. Yes. Yes. So are you actually like on the Instagram app typing it with your thumbs or are you doing no, it No, my fucking else? tongue. Right. Yes, my, yes, <laughs> I'm posting it. Me, me, yeah. me. Yeah. Like... Yeah, no, I didn't know if they, they gave it to you and you 
did it in a different program or you know, I, teed I up like t- a you know couple days funny, worth Caleb, of stuff. You know what's funny? Caleb was excited about the Caleb, where the fuck are you? You're like six, seven with a fucking huge beard. I can't find you. There you are. Okay. <laughs> Caleb actually did a good job. I gave him a compliment yesterday because I like the way he vlogs me. It's a new look, fresh eyes, right? Me and D-Rock are in our cadence. Me and Babin were. Me and Iris were. He's brought a really good element because he was a big fan and knew a lot of stuff and there was things that he knew weren't answered and he's really helping me answer things. He re- filmed me yesterday posting it on the way here for 4Ds and he, and he got me to say something. He, he was interested in it. I, here's what happens. I get a bunch of uh, pieces of content in my text chain with the whole team. There's clips from the videos because that's why we vlog. Then I look at the title, like do the right thing or whatever, you know, that shit and sometimes I'll change it, sometimes it's great. You know, when you're around people you can get into that. But then I watch it and I'll watch it and then I'll immediately post it. And if I get a call from my dad while I'm in the middle of posting it, when I'm done, I'll have to go back in, rewatch it because I've got to be really fucking fresh on it, right? Like and then I'll write the copy, and then I'll post it, and then I'll reply. That's why I created Team Gary V, that's them. When you get Gary V replied, that's me. I heart it, that's me. So, that's how I do it. Thank you. You're welcome. Let me tell you why, let me tell you why, coming up to you in the top right, let me tell you why, bottom left, if somebody wants to line up. Um, Let me tell you why that's so important, to read your comments. The reason I've been able to continue to come up with shit is because I read comments. The replies to things are the things that allow me to build on things. It's how I, you know, it's how I got into parenting or self-awareness or keeping up with the Joneses. It was just one long seed to why would I, why is every single person here not doing exactly what I'm saying? That would be something I was interested in. And then I would read and read and I'm like, oh, Insecure, you know, and just you just keep going down these paths. You must read every comment. You must reply to it. You need to, if somebody, everybody here is trying to build a huge following. The best way to build a huge following is to actually give a shit about your small following. Thanks, Gary. Yes, sir. Chris Cano from uh, Line Mortgage of Texas. Um, our organization specializes in helping veterans uh, utilize their VA home loan benefit. Love it. Um, you actually gave a Fortune 500 speech a long time ago, the ROI of your mother. I'm sure you remember that. I do. Um, super awesome. It caused me to leave a big organization I was with and start our own thing. I've built our entire marketing off uh, a lot of what you have to say. In the morning, I listen to you. My sweetheart listens to praise and worship. It's kind of a weird mix when you hear the two together. Uh, so but she's right here. Her name's Marissa. Hey, Marissa. She likes you now. Thanks, Marissa. Yeah. How long did it take? Uh, about a year and a half. Fuck. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I hear it. Yeah. Um, my point, uh, you talk about how you're a very competitive person and, yes. and you even don't want your son to win. You know, That's and right. I know you're, people take it out of context, but I don't like other mortgage professionals at all. Yeah. I don't like our industry. Yep. Um, I think the problem with a lot of our veterans not utilizing their benefit is because all the BS that's out there, I think banks and greed and a bunch of stuff have disrupted the idea of a veteran owning a piece of the country they've helped defend. And so I'm a small guy competing against a big lie. Yeah. And so what advice would you give to somebody like me yep. uh, to fight Goliath? David wins a lot when yeah. David knows that he or she is David. Yeah. It's a very important statement. Little guys and gals win all the time when they stay in their lane. 
Do you know how many companies are crushing it on Facebook and Instagram and Instagram influencers and then they think they grew up and they start running television? Stay David. Uh, if, and yeah, then, I and, wanna and, be David. Good, uh, and, and then, then it's just time. Just time. A, here's the beautiful thing about being better. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. Would you recommend David had like a strong connection with a strong agency. Um, like, do you want to... Should David and need, Sasha be friends? Should David and Gary be friends? Well, Gary's more expensive than Sasha, <laughs> you know? Look, I, th I think that, I think that at this size, and, and one of the things we're doing at Vayner, and we'll probably end up doing it at Sasha, it's just so new, is uh, we want to help people build their internal capabilities. Anytime you're at an agency, you're gonna, you know, even the best ones with the best intent, there's still gonna be, at some level, conflicting interests, right? And I think the reason we exploded is because we try to eliminate them at all costs because we wanna build businesses in perpetuity and so that's how we matched. You know, sure, I think one of the, listen, the, the reason I think the Sasha Group's gonna be a monster is we on purpose are gonna build a lot of tools that allow people to spend very little, learn it, and not have to re-up with us. It's my behavior. I give you away all my best stuff for free. You don't even need to go to Sasha. But if you want to go a little further, or Nick Dio is saying something because he's been picking up a lot of uh, vibes here. He's like, look, we need to create like a whiteboard media audit product because there's people here spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on Facebook, but they don't really know how they're doing it. And so like, if we just did a half a day session and got 20K for it, which would be nice and profitable for all the great people that Johnny and Avery are building up as learning experience for their, you know, because we have talent, boy, right? Profitable for us and for everybody here, if you spend $100,000 and it's 10X like, more effective, that's, you can, like, it could get very good. So the answer is sure, yeah. um, but long term, internal if you can help it. Thanks, Gary. You got it, brother. Thank you. Thanks for what you're doing. My friend. Hi, Gary. Kim, I can go a little something, right? Cool. Go ahead. Hi, Gary. Garrett Stone, uh, owner of a Remax franchise and model mortgage franchise in Westland, Michigan, near Detroit. Love uh, it. First, Hold on one second. I apologize. Kim, can you text Alex to push my calls? Cool. Go ahead. First, uh, me and my wife have been following you for about three years. Uh, we ended up quitting our jobs and going directly into Remax. Uh, real estate, and then six months later, dipped into the mortgage uh, companies as well. But uh, it's been a great two-year run so far. We're looking to scale up just like the mayor of the town that was down there. Yep. We're pretty much at the same thing in December, and we want to take it to that level okay. uh, that he talked about earlier. Yes. We are spending ad dollars everywhere in our town uh, to get our brand out there. A couple of years ago, you gave a talk on how much money you should be spending on social. Where are you at now with the monthly ad budget of what you should be doing no matter what? As much as you can humanly afford. Okay. I like, I like hearing me, it from you. Let me, let me tell you why. Facebook and Instagram attention is grossly underpriced. It won't be forever. You know, like real estate. It goes up in value. It's coming. Because Google did it. How many people here ran Google AdWords in 2000 to 2003? Raise your hands. Raise them high. Raise them high. Remember that shit? It's not the same price anymore. So, to me, as much as you can, 
And that means being thoughtful about what you're saving or spending for your life so you can pour more into the business, right? It's gonna go away as much as you can. But it's content and media. That's where everybody's getting a little bit caught up. Everybody's pouring more media, but they haven't made 14 new, 44 new, 72 new. You're one new video, one new post away from changing the outcome on that CAC LTV leads. Same media spend. 33 to 47 year old women in Detroit. Different piece of content. $8 a lead, $4,000 a lead. The content is the variable. People have committed finally to the spend to some degree, but the people here that aren't effective on Facebook right now, it's your content sucks shit. Or your content isn't contextual against your media spend. But the value is clear as day and it will go away. Thank you. You got it, brother. Hi, Gary, Neto Almanza. I'm a huge fan. You're an idol of mine. Thank you. Um, well, maybe D-Rock's an idol of yours. So, uh, That's a pretty rad t-shirt, bro. It's, uh, I came prepared, He's wearing you a t-shirt that says, I'll record your videos like D-Rock. I came prepared, and I, not only that, I made flyers that I said, uh, Old I record, school, I like it. I record, uh, have your own Gary V-style videos, and I made packages. The Kickstarter, the Rockstar, Lead Like V. How'd it go? Uh, Tell I have truth. some, you know, like Beth. She's gonna follow up with me. Good. I have some people that I. Were you spoke aggressive with. enough, or were you too shy? Uh, no, no, I was aggressive. Okay. Um, were you too aggressive? I no, no, no. Okay. Just uh, <laughs> I'm good at the networking thing. I know, I like, yeah. you know, create rapport Respect. and then yeah. You're romancing. I, I uh, tonight. <laughs> Go ahead. I did a, an Instagram ad, one mile radius from here. Um, so I, I'm doing everything. You're dabbling. Uh, yep. And uh, actually last year I, I met you and you gave me the advice to be patient. And you know, I'm being patient, I'm working, I'm doing everything I can. After I ask you this question, I have to record a commercial for a client. Love it. Um, so you mentioned 500 uh, pieces of video a month, but I've been focusing more on my clients, producing it for them because they're the ones that are paying the bills. Totally understand. But I wanna do stuff for myself and then keep growing. Good. And so beyond just having interns and doing a shit ton of content, What's like your best advice for me right now? More content. <laughs> I just believe in it. I don't, you know, like, I'm sorry. Like, I started realizing how much my advice is like health advice. Eat better food, work out. It works for everybody. <laughs> I mean. So just getting into like, to just, I want to stay a David enough, you know, I don't want to grow so much, but I, should I raise my prices so that I can just yes. reduce my of clients? And of, of course you should raise your prices. If, when anybody, uh, this is always my favorite. People are like, I have so much demand. And then I'm like, raise your price. Right? Right, Zach? <laughs> Zach and I at CAA, you know, now who runs Vayner Speakers, like we had a nice long run on career. And he'll tell you, I pushed very hard to raise my price at one point because I felt the brand was exploding and I would have enough supply, uh, demand, and it worked, right? And there was times when he pushed me, like we always raise your price until they say no. Okay. The best story ever for me is my speaking career. I get a random email at Wine Library that says, we would like you to speak at this internet marketing conference. I'm like, that sounds cool. Like literally just never crossed my, I didn't even know speaking was a thing. So I call, I'm like, hey, hey. And the guy goes, great, so we'd love you down here in Florida. Actually, it was in Florida. Uh, you know, April 23rd, I don't remember the date. Uh, I'm like, great, you know, and at this point I was traveling never. We traveled very little for the business. I was in the store all the time. 
So, like, I wasn't even, like, comfortable. I was like, can you help me with my plane? They're like, yeah, we got that covered. I'm like, oh, got that. I was going to pay for myself to go. I'm like, that's good. And then he, and I will never forget this day because I just remember sitting at my, if you've seen some of the old school Viddler videos of me sitting at the old wine library desk, it was right there. And the guy then goes, how much is your fee to speak if you fucking saw my face? I was like, they're gonna fucking pay me? So now you gotta think fast, right? I have, when I tell you I have no fucking idea, so I'm a good, I'm a savvy kid, you know? I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, like, I'm like, I'm gonna throw out, because I have no idea, so I'm gonna throw out something so fucking crazy, because I need to figure out what the actual price is. Like, I have no clue, this is a good opportunity for me to learn. Like, you know, a million things are going through my head. They're, you know, I'm pumped. So he goes, yeah, an hour keynote, like, how much is your price? And I go, $5,000. And he goes, great, we'll send you over to contract. And I go, fuck. He responded so fast. So now I'm pissed. And so I'm like, like, first of all, I'm like pissed and pumped and blown away and what the fuck. Like intuitively, I probably understood this was gonna be a part of my life at that moment. And then all of a sudden, I, I get a little kind of crafty, shady. I go to the end and I go, all right, good, let's recap. So. I'm coming to Florida, April 23rd, 30 minute keynote, $5,000. He goes, no, 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 I said 1,000. I go, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Like, I apologize, I, I, I didn't hear that part. That's actually $10,000. He goes, okay, great, we'll send it. I go, fuck! <laughs> yes, you should raise your price. So thank you, I appreciate you. You got it. Thank you, and uh, if anyone needs videos, videos.work, video.works. Shout out, thank you. My man, first of all, too fucking close to the mic, but I love what you're doing, brother. Thank love you. all this. I uh, got a two-part question for you. One, you know, in real estate, in a second home relocation market, 60% mm-hmm. or more coming into the area. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook ads run well, a lot of advocacy on a local level. We lead with listings, that's great. We do want to tap into these buyers. We get real bottom of the barrel on the yep. local level because yep. there's no jobs there. They can't afford anything, retirement community. Yep. What would you recommend... Do you have data on which cities that are the colder area? Like, have you done that yet? It's, it's, a, it's a mix. A lot of Bay Area, a lot of LA coming up, but it's also a mix from everywhere yep. as well. So. I mean, look, I, when I, again, sorry, when media is so underpriced, yeah. like running aspirational ads in Los Angeles suburbs wide mm-hmm. for 60 to 90 to just say, is it time to move down to here? It's just something you should need to see if there's legs in. Gotcha. But keep pushing the content. So we started doing like a local show, a lot of food and wine there, interviewing restaurants on a free basis, putting a lot of advertising budget behind and it. And have you done the whole chopping up the one minute stuff from the long stuff yet? We're in the process of doing that. Because yeah. I'll tell you, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like, like if you talk to Caleb, if you talk to D-Rock, if you talk to everybody, <laughs> it, like at first, I mean D-Rock was trying to make the first 50 episodes of Daily V like fucking Star Wars. You know, like he was like fucking bleeding. Dude didn't fuck, like he was just like, that was, and then, and now it's so much more about just getting it documented, doing a nice job on the vlog, but really looking for those one and two minute and 50 second videos that really give you unbelievable traction when you distribute them in, in a modern mobile digital world. Gotcha. Second part of the question, shows gaining a lot of traction, getting a lot of attention. What would be a strategy you'd recommend to maybe get some national network attention? 
DMs, shit like that. Sure, more, but yeah. is that what you want? You want to be on uh, the history look, channel? Look at, fuck, I don't know. Looking for a pivot. I mean, yeah, I mean that's fine. I, yeah. I I would say concentrate on making great content. Gotcha. Like build more leverage. Gotcha. You know, but yes, you could absolutely. But honestly, the route to actually do that is to go to an agent or a manager in Hollywood. That's sure. how shit gets sold. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Awesome. Right on, my man. Love it. Thank you. Fucking Tom Brady again. <laughs> What's up, Gary? Hey, bro. Marshall, total auto solutions. <laughs> hey, but Pines and Polish and Podcast, thank you for everything that you you've got done it, for us. Um, my question inside was more for me. Yep. Question uh, here is, is more for my industry. Okay. Um, as, as I told you earlier, I started just as a detailer. Yes. Scrubbing carpets. Yep. Going into chemical sales to dealerships, um, where dealerships make the majority, a big, huge margin on used cars. Yes. Right? Yep. And the person responsible for making those used cars, their product that they make the most money on is a detailer. That if he can make it look the best, clean the carpets, shine it, whatever, that that customer, when they come on the lot, they might She or he has to see it post their, that makes sense. Go ahead. Yeah, right? Okay. Um, the redhead stepchild, the, the side of the industry that is shit on the most is detailing. And especially okay. the recon department inside dealerships. Okay. Very lack of uh, uh, education, lack of training, okay. lack of proper tools, lack of yep. proper payment, right? All that. Respect. Learning about Honey Empire. Yes. And my question for you was to just even to maybe a dealer here or another dealer owner or manager that might be listening, how can dealerships use Honey Empire to invest into those guys, into detailers to make no their lives what, better? And no make matter what you said up to that point, Happy employees stay longer and produce better work. I just, uh, that's how it works. Yes. Like, I don't, you know, like retention matters. Everybody's a big shot as a boss shitting on somebody until that person quits and you're like, fuck. Right? You're really pissed about the, you know, you, you, you focus on all the shit they do wrong, you don't focus on what they do right, you nag, you shit on them, you nag, you shit on them. And then they leave and you're like, fuck. And then you gotta replace them. I just don't understand. When you own a business, you work for them, not they work for you. Cool, thank you. You got it. Current, sorry. Current thoughts about meditation center expansion. I think meditation is gonna be an enormous consumer trend in America. Like, if you, you, know, I, you listen to me enough to know that I believe this, I believe the next soul cycle and orange theory and all that shit is actually meditation studios. Gary, what's up? What's up, bro? So, first of all, my name's Dean, I'm in real estate. I started following you uh, a while back, actually, when you were talking about not listening to your spouse, your parents, just doing your own thing. I think you have to, that resonated with me a lot. And I think you have to say that a thousand more times. I'm going to say it a million more times. Um, but on a separate note, you keep saying how excited you are about this d big depression and the yes. depression that's coming out. Yes. And you're half joking, half not. But no, really I'm 100% fucking serious. Okay. There's no joking. <laughs> I've eaten shit for the last nine years to put me in a position to capitalize. Guys, nine years ago when I started VaynerMedia, you know how much client, oh, you do, client service businesses suck. Nine years ago, I was on fire. I just invested in Facebook and Twitter and nobody even knew this social, like, and the digital, I was on TechCrunch all the time, Zucks, and all these fucking fancy fucking people were my friends. 
I should have raised, should have, like many of my friends who were not as on fire as me, I could have raised a $300 million fund, took two points for just running it. Do you understand the math on that? And had 20% of the fucking back end for being somebody who just took fucking meetings and gave out cash to invest, hoping something hit. Instead, I built a business that sucks shit. I'm not joking at all, my guy. I fucking put a decade in to build a foundation to fucking capitalize because I want to buy the Jets and win Super Bowls. All right, good, so talk to me. So, you know. Joking. So, you know, real estate, the, the, there's a limited barrier to entry, a lot of, a lot of bullshit artists out there. Um, you know, director of sports, director of redhead, redheads, you know, there's all these bullshit titles out there. But really... Are you the director of redheads? No. no. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about. I, of but, course but, I do. But, you know, the housing market is at a slowdown, especially in Miami, and a lot of people are trying to fluff it and talk uh, a big game, and, oh, it's great, but no, but yes, but bottom line is we all know where, where the fuck we're at. So and it's going to get worse. Exactly. Thank you. So how, what, what's your advice to prepare for that getting worse. Have and, cash. And what's your advice to prepare in that industry when there's that standstill? Buy shit. Well, <laughs> there's, a, there's a period of time where there, there's a standstill and then all the flight Maximize real cash. People. You know what's happening next. Right. So maximize cash right now. And maximizing cash comes in two ways. There's people like me who just makes a lot of cash. And there's people like my parents who spend no cash. If my parents and I teamed up, we'd be trillionaires, <laughs> you know? So everybody here can figure out how they're going to maximize cash. For me, for most people who aren't capable of doing what I'm doing, which is just generate so much, it's probably better to be thoughtful about your spending, right? Right, no, I mean, look, there's, there's, there's that period of standstill, you know, everyone's like, oh Dude, no, we're at the bottom, you'll, no, you'll, the bottom's you'll, you'll appreciate this, this is gonna make a lot of sense to you. I value the depression so much that I've been waiting for the stand, we've, I've been in a standstill for four years. I just know that $100,000 today, see what people do, they're, they're not smart. They, they, they don't think it's the bottom yet, so they're trying to pull a couple right. more shekels out exactly. while it's good, right? What they don't realize is that $100,000 when it's a nightmare economic world is worth 750,000. And they're not gonna be able to pull out 750 in this little window. So am I happy that I haven't maximized all my cash? No, I'm not thrilled. Am I gonna be super pumped when the shit hits the fan? Super pumped. Here's the best part. I'm telling everybody it's gonna happen. Like you can do it too, it's so black and white, you know. Oh my God. If you're in your shit, if you are in your shit and it sounds like you're in your shit in Miami, it's not gonna get better, it's overbuilt, it's over leveraged, tax implications, it's fucked. The band-aid this time is gonna be much slower than, it, than 2008. A hundred no thousand percent. Or maybe, brother, reasons. or maybe not. Maybe the current president and the current atmosphere and whoever else, maybe they decide to put a huge band-aid too. I don't know. What I know is shit's gonna hit hard. No doubt about that. So my advice is don't try to get cute and get a little out, Sit, maximize fucking cash. God bless. Right? I told Zach to his face, I'm like, we got to hit a big fucking number in speaking this year. I want the cash. Thank you. You're welcome. Gary, once again, thank you so much for everything. What is it, cozy as fuck up there? Is, like, are the seats that cozy? You don't want to ask questions? What the fuck's going on up there? The hungry people come to the front. Go ahead. So, 
I think they're I, just better chairs, bro. These look like <laughs> shit. Go ahead. They are digging into the asphalt. I have, a team, <laughs> I have a team of 12. Not everyone is interesting. Not all content is industry in, in interesting. Real estate as an industry is not always the most interesting. Who says? Oh, me. Right. You're one fucking dude, dick. I know. <laughs> you don't get to say. Fair enough. Right? But you say I do. No, no, you do for you. Right, right. But not for the consumer. True enough. True the enough. end. This is a very important, you know, I'm, I'm jumping in and making right, a joke right. to make a very big point. Some people think it's really boring to watch men run into each other and play football. I think it's the most interesting shit in the world. Other people decide watching six episodes of Escaping R. Kelly is fucking fascinating. I do not. The audience gets to decide. So I keep telling people here, like, they're like, I'm not interesting. I'm like, the only thing you've got is that you're actually interesting because you're uniquely you. The biggest advantage everybody here has when it comes to this concept is their truth. <coughs> but everybody tries to do what's the right thing to do and they start to vanilla themselves. So go deeper and deeper into content, as deep as I can get. Correct, about anything, like, tripped today. Hurt my ankle. Post. Thank you so much, Gary. Third comment's gonna be like, I fucking hurt my ankle too today. We're humans, guys. We're humans. I mean it. It's why reality TV won. Reality TV got shit on. Social media got shit on. The closer to the truth, the better. We like it. It's why we rubberneck. It's why we try to like sit and listen to other people's conversations. It's what we do. We're interested. And so we have to talk about more. You know? Thank you. You got it, brother. All right, there we go. Motivated. Let's go, brother. <laughs> so, so I have a question. We, yes. I launched a new brokerage about six months ago. Congrats. Okay? And I'm a firm believer in literally I'm taking as small a salary as I can get. Good. All of my dollars I'm pouring back into the yes. business. Right? So I'm at the, I'm, I'm everything I can, every dollar I can get pouring back in. Love. How do I, how do I balance that with the thought you just mentioned of, there's a recession hitting. I'm gonna want cash to invest when it hits the fan. You're caught in bad timing. Yeah. So, you know, I'm pouring it in, but at the same time knowing there's something coming here. Yeah, you're threading the needle. You, you basically have to decide, can you build enough of brand and enough infrastructure that when shit hits the fan, are you in the top one to 2% that picks up the business? Mm-hmm. I'd have to know what's going on in your business. Well, I'm not, I'm not as worried about the business. I think we're gonna, we're gonna explode with that. Okay. But every dollar I pour into the business to get to the top 1% is a dollar that I can't spend on buying a 24 apartment unit whenever it's at a discount. This is called decisions. Right. You know, I, I, by the way, it might be 29 months before shit hits the fan. You would be able to do a lot of damage in those 29 months, or it could be tomorrow. If I knew, I'd sell everything the day before. I got a lot of Facebook stock. If I knew, I'd sell it all tomorrow, because I'd rebuy it back for half. (laughs) I just don't know, but I know there's a lot of things in place that feel really off. Mm -hmm. Whether it's, college debt, whether it's you know, not being able to write off certain taxes in certain markets, there's just a lot of pieces that feel eh. Not to mention the macro com- competition of all these tech-based companies that are coming into your pockets. There's a lot going on. Right. Cool. Appreciate it. You got it, brother. 
Hi, Gary. Oh, man, that's very loud. Hello, I'm Ashley Skeen Hi. from Hi, Atlanta. Um, so I'm an extrovert, and I have to, like, talk it out to make Good. sure that I'm, like, comprehending what the hell you're saying Let's and go. it makes sense. I'm ready. Okay, cool. So the chick uh, <laughs> earlier up there, she was talking about, like, oh, contracts, inspections, yes. yada, yada, yada. Yep. At the end of the day, and I know you're like, content, content, content. Yes. I love it. Okay. Right? And you're like, maximize every minute of the day, you know, yes. still have that balance. At the end of it, though, yeah. it's like for me, I'm starting off fully in real estate, yes. and um, I have a partner who is also my my real estate partner, but we have a roofing and construction company where it all ties hand in hand. Understood. So he's doing that. I'm really full-time real estate. Yes. At the end of it, I'm just starting off, and I want to do that content, 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 and I don't necessarily have the cash to leverage all the schmegma. I know that's kind of gross, but I don't know. You know, like the contracts and stuff, but when you build your brand, like it has to be about you. So, so like how do I leverage without maybe having the pockets deep enough to leverage properly for all that other stuff? By patience. Oh man, that's that's. I knew it was gonna be a freaking easy answer. Well, let me but t- let me let me tell you. Something. I'm an instant gratification, so maybe that's my problem. You're gonna be right? instantly in trouble. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. So like, okay. look, let me just tell everybody what happened in my. Like, I like to remind people about my career. A platform came out called YouTube. I say I think it's gonna be big. I start a wine show. I want to promote this wine show. We, you know. How do I do that? I'm not taking dollars from what we were doing to sell product. I saw a new platform called Twitter. Then there was a website called Samize. What Samize built was a way to search Twitter because for the first year and change of Twitter, you couldn't search anything that was ever tweeted. Samize had a search engine. I used it for 15 hours a day. Dad, I don't know if you remember this when I started coming in at like 10.30 because I was up till 4.30 in the morning because I would stay and work seven, eight, nine hours, 10, 12 hours searching every wine term, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Bordeaux, Napa, of anybody tweeting anything because nobody knew who the fuck I was. So I read somebody saying, I'm going to Napa today on Twitter, because Silicon Valley, right? Going to Napa today to drink some Merlot. I replied, what kind of Merlot do you like? They replied, Duckhorn. I replied, overpriced. They replied, I would do that for 15 hours a day and I did it for four and a half years before anybody knew who the fuck I was. VaynerMedia was started in Buddy Media's conference room because we didn't have enough money to pay for rent. I've, I lived my advice. Patience, you don't have the money? I get it. Go and reply to every single person in Atlanta on Twitter. It's free. And if you really, 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 really want it bad, you'll stay up to one o'clock in the morning and do it. And if that's too much for your body, listen to your body, don't get sick. But like, this is the game. Either put in the work or you don't. There's a lot of pushback to hard work. I'm not on that bandwagon. Hard work is the only thing I know that works when you don't have money. You have money, trust fund, hit the lotto, made it already, use it. Facebook ads. (laughs) Don't have money, you have hustle. People are starting to try to demonize hustle here and there in different pockets. Hustle's gonna be put on a pedestal when the world collapses. I gotta go catch a plane. Thank you. One more. You want it? Yeah, I want it.
Coke. Your shirt is I'm pretty sure. fucking phenomenal. Oh, thanks, dude. Go ahead, Devin. All right, uh, Devin Tryon from Hawaii. Hey, everybody, thanks for having me. Uh, I think real estate is moving towards the Amazon, which means I think it takes way too long to buy a house. Uh, it should take 45 days. Appreciate it. Here? Yeah. Okay, got it. I think it takes 45 days to buy a house, sometimes two months. I really think you should be able to walk in maybe on a Monday. You get your keys on a Friday. You're good to go. And I think that's where real estate's going to end up maybe in 10, 20 years. Definitely. Uh, definitely. I would love to Devin, be on the quick, front. Yeah. Let me tell you how. Yeah. Blockchain. Blockchain. Yeah. Blockchain. Yeah. That's what blockchain's going to do. Right. When it's me and him and none of you fuck faces get in the middle, mm-hmm. I gr- I, I'm going to move in on fucking Friday. He's going to give me the keys on Friday. Fuck Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So well, It's coming. And I want to be on the front of it. Good. Thoughts. <laughs> like, <laughs> build apps on blockchain and wait 17 yeah. years for it to be at scale since you're young as fuck. Sick. You know, start putting out content around these thoughts yeah. as you're thinking them through. Um, oh. yeah, I mean, that's what I got for you. I mean, like, like what, how are you practically going to be at the forefront of right now, tomorrow, making house purchases go from Friday to Monday? I don't know. You, you can't. There's too much infrastructure and too much logistics in the middle in the way the industry's structured right now. You yeah. don't have the leverage. The only leverage one can have is putting out content to create new ideas and get people to rally behind them. And that's what I would do. You know? Yeah. Like, you don't, the, the tools are not in place yet. Right. Like, I want to go to Mars and eat a fruit. Cool. How? Mm-hmm. That's really, what, like, there's too many processes and state laws and there's just too much shit right now. Yeah. We're gonna need a human restructure. The last human restructure was called the internet. It really is in the process of restructuring. Mm-hmm. The next one will be blockchain. Blockchain has the infrastructure to play out the dream that you have. You're gonna have to wait. Good news is, you're young. Wait. You'll see it. All right. But I think you should start talking about it. Mm-hmm. Podcast, content, things like that. Cool. Guys, thank you so much. Go ahead, go ahead, go while they're clapping. Oh, um, I'm actually, uh, ooh, that's loud. Um, I'm actually a news reporter here in Miami, the youngest here, 22 years old. But in my free time, what I'm doing is I'm building an options empire that teaches high school students and college students how to trade options and how to financially invest and also do dividends trading. So I've already started building that platform right now, and I've already connected with high school students, college students here. Um, Now what I'm running into the issues is how to connect that business I've started doing it online and um, building content and then also doing ads, but now I'm running into the issues and I want to connect them to people in the industry. And I'm running into blockages with that. Why? Um, Because... Do you have the supply of people in the industry? I think I have a a little bit of a supply here, but I just haven't had as much head fund managers that I've been able to meet here locally to then push that plug. But the thing is that I'm trying to really have a more global or let me say national first as far as pull. So you have to reach out to people in other places. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's easy. Email people in LinkedIn who have jobs of, that you're trying to reach and one out of every 37 will reply and if you send you know, 120 emails, you'll have four new connections. This the- is a patience game. Yeah. Right? This is what happened. This is the, like, anybody under 30 that comes to the mic, I'm like, here comes patience. You know? Like, 
You want a global, you know, even think about how, like, I love that shit, right? Like, global, like, fucking global, you're not yeah. even out of fucking Miami yet. You're right. you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Go fucking sit down, pour a nice glass of coffee, water, or wine, and email 737 people on LinkedIn. Okay. Cool. I'll do it. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you.